Okay, how many of you guys are Redshift users? Okay, most of them. How many of you guys are currently evaluating Redshift? Okay, few. All right, my name is Debu Panda. I'm a product manager with Amazon Redshift. And today I'm going to take you through a journey how you can build a scalable analytics platform with Amazon Redshift. I have been talking to a lot of customers today uh, during several EBC sessions and also right after my AWS theater session. And many of these organizations are in different phases of their migration to the cloud. Many of them are already in AWS and some of them are evaluating to move to the cloud. And so they have a lot of on-premises data warehouses. They are still running in their legacy data warehouses. And then they are trying to migrate this to AWS uh, uh, and Amazon Redshift to build a scalable analytic platform. And as they migrate to, uh, to the cloud, so they evaluate a lot of other opportunities that they have. As uh, we hear from more and more customers, data warehousing and analytics platform are no longer a luxury. It's required for survival for most of the organization. They want a scalable analytic platform to remain competitive, to become customer-centric. And when we talk to them, what we hear from them is uh, the actual change, uh, analytics requirement are changing. And what is happening is there is a lot of event data that is coming in to uh, their analytic platform. As you see, like if you go to San Francisco airport, you know that the toilet, they have awesome, bad, and okay, like there are different buttons. And you click in there to basically do a survey how is the bathroom is. So similar metrics are being collected from different uh, devices. And all those events data are coming in. And many of the organizations do not want to analyze those data in silos, but they want to join their data in the data warehouse with the operational analytics data that is coming into, into uh, their analytic platform. And they want to get end-to-end -end insight of their data. And as they do that, they have a lot of challenges. And as you know, we call this like the three V problem. What means basically the volume of the data is, is growing because you get a lot of different kind of data. There are some research that tells that in the last two years, the amount of data that organizations have generated has doubled the size of the amount of the data that they were generated previous two years, okay? Uh, or, or, or in our lifetime. And in the 3V problem, not only volume of the data, there are different variety of data that's coming in. Those are not just relational data. 
And the, the third dimension of 3V is the velocity of the data. It is coming in, in a very rapid pace. And the traditional data warehouses, what you do is that you do is that ETL once a day. Uh, and, and those kind of requirements are not being met and, and the traditional databases cannot support the variety of data like in the open source format like Parquet, Evro, or JSON. And when you know, have all this kind of data, you want to generate insight from this data. And uh, data warehouses like Amazon Redshift had democratized the access of the data to multiple personas. Like no longer the BI guys just run the dashboard on your data warehouses. We have different personas like the developers, the business analysts, the data analysts, the data scientists, all those different personas now try to access the data. So, and when you have large amount of users that who are trying to access the data, you want to make sure that you have the concurrency uh, and the performance and the scalability that you need in your analytics platform. And the other thing is that we, that there are different kind of analytics need your organization have. It's not just data warehouses. Customers have different other tools like EMR um, or other tools like Athena. They want to run a different kind of ad hoc analysis on some of this data. So they have different requirements uh, using the same kind of data. And then as you move to the cloud, and if you make this data available to large, large number of users, you run into the security and governance aspect of those data. And as you grow with more amount of data, you always care about the money or the cost. So you want to select a platform that is uh, not costly and flexible enough for you. So what they are doing is, is customers are, uh, are moving to data lake architectures to take benefits or, or meet the requirements they have. And Redshift, Amazon Redshift, with the Amazon Redshift spectrum, al allows you to extend your queries from Amazon Redshift to the Amazon AWS S3 data lake. So what uh, Amazon Redshift allows you to do, what we call fondly, is that lake house approach. What I mean is that, uh, so if you see here, that you can have one foot in the Redshift in the data warehouse and the other foot in the, uh, in the data lake. So you can make queries or run queries in Amazon Redshift that not only queries the data in the data warehouse, but you can join the data that is sitting in your Amazon S3 data lake running uh, in different formats like Avro or JSON or, or, um, or Parquet. So Amazon uh, Redshift is the most popular data warehouse. We have tens of thousands of customers who use Amazon Redshift. And if you look at uh, the uh, amount of customers that we have, we have customers across all the different business segments. You take it whether for uh, healthcare, whether you uh, look at manufacturing, financial, 
all different segments of customers use Amazon Redshift in a very meaningful way. And there are several customers that they are telling their stories uh, in, uh, in, in the reInvent. So in the next uh, three days, you will hear from customers like Yelp, Comcast, Workday, Duolingo. There are a lot of customers who are presenting about their implementation of Amazon Redshift in, in, in this reInvent. And we have the largest customer of the data warehouse Redshift is Amazon.com. They are also telling their story in Amazon Redshift. So please attend some of the sessions. So as I was telling, there are tens of thousands of customers are using Amazon Redshift. And there are several benefits of, uh, for using Amazon Redshift as your analytic platform. The first and foremost thing is that it is natively integrated. It was born in Amazon AWS, and it is natively integrated with AWS and uh, Amazon uh, S3 data lake. So it is integrated with all other uh, services and tools within Amazon uh, data lake. Like if you take uh, tools like Glue, uh, the tails like uh, Amazon uh, QuickSight, AWS Lake Formation, all these tools are natively integrated with Amazon NetSip. And it inherits all the security uh, and all other things from AWS. The second thing that we are announcing here is that we, are the, we have the best performance. So you will hear more about, and if you are going to go to a performance presentation, that we have uh, our performance is 3x performance than uh, any other cloud data warehouse. I'm not going to name it, but you can do. We, we have published the TPC DS benchmark. We have published the scripts. You can just take it and run it yourself. And we are the cheapest data warehouse. We have 75% we have less than any other data warehouse. You can start very low with 25 cents per an hour and go up to whatever amount you can go. And in the last year, we introduced something called concurrency scaling. I'm going to discuss more on that uh, topic a little bit later. So concurrency scaling actually allows you to scale Redshift in a, uh, uh, in a, in a, in a very serialized way. And with kind of virtually unlimited, uh, it provides unlimited elasticity or linear uh, scaling. And Redshift is most secure and compliant. It is, uh, it provides all the AWS grade security. Uh, you can, it is integrated with, um, you can run Amazon Redshift in your own VPC. It provides encryption with uh, AWS KMS. Uh, uh, and uh, all the different uh, compliance certifications like HIPAA or SOC or PCI, uh, it covers all those compliance certification. Many customers think Amazon Redshift is very, very complex to manage because it was invented seven years back. But Amazon Redshift is, is, a, is a fully managed service. 
You do not have to do anything except provisioning your cluster or the data warehouses and managing your workload. And rest of the things like taking backup, patch, patching, all those things are taken care by AWS. And we provide 99.9% of SLA uh, with Amazon Redshift. So this is a quick uh, like a, uh, architecture for Amazon Redshift. So this kind of gives you, you know, the way uh, the, the actual data lake architecture works. So if you look at the leader node, is a node where all the queries come to, and then we have different compute nodes that actually uh, uh, executes all the queries in, in parallel. We use something called massively parallel processing, and we have a columnar architecture. And, and then if you are running queries that goes to S3 data lake, then we have the spectrum layer that actually runs your queries and uh, sends your data back to Redshift. So I'm going to show some demos um, uh, on, 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 on some of these capabilities uh, later on. All right, so there are different use cases. There are, uh, we hear every day different kind of use cases that customers are using Amazon Redshift for, but there are three key use cases that uh, we hear from customers. First is um, modernizing their data warehouses. Customers have their data warehouses running on either Netija or Vertica or Oracle Exadata, and they want to migrate to cloud. And that is our most popular use case, is that customers move their on-premises data warehouse to the cloud, and that's what we call modern data warehousing. And the second kind of use case that we see a lot of customers are the operational analytics use case. So what do we mean by operational analytics use case is their customers generate a lot of real-time streaming data. And typically, this kind of analytics is done by Elasticsearch or, or, or tools like Splunk, but many customers they want to join this data with their business data. And that's when the operational analytics, typical analytics, operational analytics tools cannot solve the use case of joining your data in the data warehouse with the real-time analytics data. And a lot of customers are using uh, Amazon Redshift for joining uh, their operational analytics data with their business data. That's called operational analytics data. And this is the third use case is we see a lot of growth customers are using is the data lake integration. Customers have their data in, uh, in Amazon Redshift, but they want to join the data in the S3 data lake without having to load the data. Because when you load your data, you have to uh, scale your uh, 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 cluster, you have to pay more money because your size grows um, but when you data is in there in S3, you only and then you are using for your data lake analytics. Then you just pay for the data that is scanned when you are doing a query. Okay, so what's new with Amazon Redshift? In in the last 18 months, you wouldn't believe we have added two more than 200 features. So whether you guys read the what's new or not, in the last 
uh, week, we released seven or eight, eight big features. Um, and so all the slides will be available to you, so uh, you can read this too. But we have added tons of slides, uh, um, sorry, uh, uh, features in the last uh, 18 months. So these are, and, and stay tuned. So I am not announcing a lot of new features, but there will be a lot of new features that will be announced tomorrow towards the end, to, uh, towards the end of the week. Uh, so you will see a lot of new features coming in also beside this what I have. So when we look at the different features, uh, as customers want to build their analytics platform, we look at four or five different themes or dimension that we want to add a feature for. First thing is that people want to build a scalable platform. Uh, and, 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 and basically they, they want their query to be executed within like milliseconds or microseconds. So we spend a lot of time on, um, on improving the performance of uh, Amazon Redshift. The second one is that when you have large cluster, you are managing a large analytic platform, you do not want it to be very complex. You want it to be simple. So we are, uh, we spend a lot of energy to improve the uh, ease of use for Amazon Redshift. Uh, then security is a table stake for uh, when you are running in the cloud, your data warehouse or analytic platforms. So the security aspects come for free because security cannot be a, uh, a luxury in the cloud. And we, whatever the security feature we add, it comes as a free. There is no different addition for uh, security with Amazon Redshift. And, and the, the other dimension that we are adding a lot, focusing a lot, is the data lake integration. Many customers are extending their analytic platform to data lake, so we are adding a lot of capability for in data lake. So let's first start with how Amazon uh, Redshift is simple to manage. So <coughs> if you look at the first thing is that Amazon Redshift is fully managed. It is very easy to provision a cluster or a data warehouse and then it's managed and we provide 99.9 SLA. You do not have to do anything uh, for managing your Redshift cluster. Then in the, uh, in the previous generation of uh, Redshift, as a as a administrator, uh, you have to manage some workload. So you have to create. You know there there are several op operations that users had to do, like vacuuming, analyzing. You know, sort key, disk key. So we have added a lot of capability that I'm going to cover uh, in in the upcoming slides that makes. Uh, uh, Redshift easier to manage for you guys. And, and then when you have a, a scalable platform, you want to customize to your need because you cannot just give, make it simple, but you do not provide any kind of customization to the user. So you provide a lot of capability for customization. So let's, with that, what I'm going to do is that uh, show you some of the cool capability that we have added. So first I'm going to show 
is the new Amazon Redshift console. We launched about uh, two weeks back. How many of you guys have tried the new console? All right, few of you guys have tried the new console. Uh, so what we have done is that we have heard from a lot of feedback from you guys and, and modernize it uh, and, and, and kind of we uh, given capability to gain insight, better insight to the health and performance of all your clusters in, uh, in the console as well as we kind of help you uh, share the query editor with your non-DBA or non-admin users with a separate URL, uh, although it is integrated to the AWS console. So what I'm going to do is that instead of going through the slide, I'll just show you a live demo. So let me. All right, so let me switch here. Okay, so this is the new uh, Amazon Redshift console that this kind of gives you a quick overview of all your cluster in your account, how they are doing, whether, uh, whether all of them are available or are maintenance, how many number of nodes you have, uh, whether you have alarms, so you get the, all the CloudWatch alarms there, all the events for your uh, clusters, some key uh, performance metrics like your number of queries or CPU utilization or the database connections, and you can change it to last, last 12 hours or, or 24 hours. And, and similarly, we have some query um, metrics in here. So what you can do is that you can actually want to focus on a specific uh, cluster, you can focus on that specific cluster here too. So I, I selected only Redshift cluster one, so that kind of gives you busy focusing on and then one can navigate to that cluster. But before I do that, because many customers think that creation of a cluster or the Redshifts is very, very difficult. So what I'm gonna do is that I can show you quickly how easy it is to use uh, to the console to create a cluster. So as you can see, let me expand this one. So the only parameter you need to specify uh, is, is the password. If you are creating a default um, just for trial. So the only thing is that you just, by default, you selected a DC2 node, which is, um, which is available for free for two weeks. Um, then you can change your number of nodes that you want to change. And as you can see here, the number of nodes, whenever I change, actually shows me how much uh, data compress data storage I have, or how much, and then, or else, uh, how, and also how much money I'm gonna spend. And I can just change my name of the cluster, uh, and, and then I, I, I have to select my password. Okay? So I'll just, okay. All right, so, and, and the other, all other parameters are, are all optional. So if you want to select your VPC or configuration, all this can be selected, but the only thing that you need to provide is a password and, and rest it. So as you see here, my, 
cluster is being created, and then, then here you go. And in two minutes, the cluster will be available. The, the other complexity that customers think is that there is, it is very, very difficult to write some queries and load some data into Redshift because Redshift do not provide some native tools and you have to use third-party uh, tools and you have to download your JDBC driver and all kind of thing. So as I told you earlier that we have, you know, the query editor, which is integrated in here. And the query ed editor actually lets you create your table, browse your uh, table, uh, so a preview of the data. So for example, I, I can, here I have the information schema. I can go to my public schema and that shows all my different tables that I have. Uh, then I can actually go and, and you do preview some data uh, for that table. As you can he see here, the data, I can see the table definition. So all those things you can easily browse through. And the other thing that you can actually run queries uh, or a statement, like for example, I can run this create table. Uh, I already, I think, I created in my last demo. So the table is already there, so it's gonna fail, but I can just try it showing you. Like for example, I can just do a create table and, and that is gonna create the table. Uh, and similarly, you can use the copy command uh, to run uh, um, load. So I can just do a run uh, of copy command and that is gonna load data into my there. So we recommend use to use copy command for bringing in data, large amount of data into uh, Amazon Redshift because copy command, when you use copy command, all compute node can load the data parallelly. That's some of the benefits that you get from having a massively parallel uh, system. So then what I want to do is that I want to run some uh, query, for example, okay? So let's run this uh, simple query. I can, <coughs> excuse me. So this query is, is running. So when, when uh, so you can run the query and what we can do is that we actually allow you to uh, do basic visual analysis within the console too. So let's the, uh, I think the, the Wi-Fi is a little bit slow here. Let me drink some. Okay, so, yeah, actually Wi-Fi is not that great from here. So uh, when you uh, actually run the query, after that, uh, you will, uh, the first thing is that this query actually running against also spectrum, that I wanted to show you, that as a part of our data lake architecture while the query is running, so I can show you that the Kiox is nothing but a schema that an external schema that I have created by using, um, you know, by creating an external catalog. So I want to just show you that how you can see this data too here. So I've created an external uh, schema and, and then I actually have created an external table that uses the data there located in, uh, in S3, a bucket. So I'm using this data. So when I make a query, I run a query, actually it goes and run the data, joining the data from my data warehouse 
as well as S3. As Still running, so okay, let me just run a very simple query in, in here. So that, let's say I do select star from listing that I, I already Okay, while it's running, basically, uh, let me just go back and then show you some other capability. So I think the, this is a little bit running slow in, in here for some reason. If my other query finished, okay, so is that my here, okay. Yeah, so if you see this data, actually it's actually combined the data from uh, my Amazon uh, table, uh, red shift table, so as I can show you here. So I have my two schema I'm joining, the Kiox cell and public event. Public event is a table in uh, Amazon red shift and Kiox cells is, is the table, the external table that I created in, in Amazon S3 based, uh, data based on Amazon S3 data. So this is the data that I got and what we provide is the ability to show some other capability, like you want to export this data and, and, and share with you some of your friend like CSV or, or text for an, further analysis, you can do that. You can visualize this data within here because uh, what people tell is that, you know, picture is worth 1,000 words. So you can do like, for example, quickly show you this kind of, okay, this two, the event ID 289 has the probably maximum number of uh, 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 the event that I have. Uh, and, and then similarly, you, we actually show you the execution plan in context. So you can see, see here that actually the query actually goes to Amazon S3 um, um, in, in here. So that's the soft query, this one. Um, and, and then this also gives you the actual exclamation and receive some problems in the query. So when you click on here, Actually, that will show you some in-context information about how to tune your query. This kind of gives you a quick way to run away your queries, whether the query is within, uh, um, that query is only for your native Redshift tables, or the query expands to your data lake within, uh, within the query console. And as you can see here, this user actually has, um, is a different, I'm, I'm using a different URL. Uh, and this URL you can provide to user uh, and you can just give them the Redshift query editor and read-only privilege on your uh, Redshift cluster. In that way, they only have access to the query editor, uh, do not have access to the full AWS console. All right, so let me now switch back to my uh, presentation. So coming back, like in the last uh, several months, we have made several changes in Ramajan Redshift that make it 
Very, very simple to use. Uh, many custom, you have to analyze your table, like prior to this, you have to analyze your uh, table because the, uh, the query planner uses the statistics in the table to optim basically optimize your query. And if, if you have a large table or any table you have, if the, there is no statistics there or you haven't analyzed the table, then you cannot use the right query plan. And what we have done is that we have made it automatic. Earlier, people have to do it manually. Now, Amazon Redshift finds time when like your clusters are not being used and, and then it automatically analyze your table. Similarly, uh, many customers, like whenever you remove or delete a lot of rows from your uh, table, you have like fragmentation in your table. And there are basically space that needs to be reclaimed. And earlier, we customers have to run the vacuum command to reclaim that space. And we have automated that. Now, Amazon Redshift automatically vacuums and reclaim your space. So you do not have to do that. Similarly, we have something called auto table sort. Uh, so we automatically look at your order, the, your query, uh, your actually workload, and automatically sort your table based on the queries that is uh, being run in your Amazon Redshift. So we are using machine learning to analyze all your query pattern and automatically uh, organizing your table. Similarly, what we have done is that we have sub had support for auto uh, distribution key. Uh, or like what are you doing is that we are right now giving you also advisor recommendation. So uh, if you do not have, you have not defined the dist key or sort key, then we actually give you recommendation that okay, looking at your query pattern that okay, this is the uh, the right way to d have your distribution key. And actually we give you in the alter command, table command, to, uh, that you can take and run your command to uh, change your sort key or disk key. So we have given a lot of recommendations and, and automation and in future we are going to uh, aut um, uh, automate that too. You do not have to manage anything by yourself. So this is like we discussed about automatic table sort. So you automatically do this for you. We have now support for store procedure since uh, April uh, uh, this year. So if you are using uh, like in, in your older data warehouses, store procedures for ELT or any other processing, now we have support for um, uh, store procedure. And if you are trying to bring in or migrate from a legacy data warehouses to, um, to Amazon Redshift, you can bring in that business logic into Amazon Redshift. And, and our tools like um, SCT schema conversion tool and database migration service, those help you also convert the stored procedures. So now let's look at the scalability and, and performance improvement that we have done in the 
uh, in the last one year to help you build a scalable platform, analytics platform. So we have done a lot of changes. The first thing, let's look at uh, some of the capability. Like you want to scale uh, your data, all your data. And we allow, as I showed you, uh, the data lake, uh, the data, data lake demo, that we allow you to query your data at any scale using Amazon Redshift with Amazon Redshift Spectrum. And you do not have to load this data. All this data that is in, in your Parquet, JSON, or other format, you do not have to load this data in Amazon Redshift or uh, like, uh, like other uh, data warehouses. And what we do is that we allow you to query the data using the Amazon Redshift. And as uh, you saw a quick demo of that, and, and many customers are actually building different kind of dashboards using same kind of data. So I'm gonna just quickly show you a dashboard that I built. Uh, so I'm not gonna do a demo because the performance is, is not great here, the uh, Wi-Fi performance, but this is a dashboard that I built that leverages the data uh, in Redshift as well as in S3 data lake. The, uh, let me describe the huge case here. Think about a company called Amazon Spectrum Store, okay? And the Spectrum Stores sells their uh, merchandise in like two, like, you know, their warehouses as well as using the different kiosks located in across uh, uh, different cities. And what we do is that, let's say, all the data that is, store, is stored in, um, um, in Redshift is coming from all the warehouse data. So this is, again, a fictitious store. And all the data that is coming from the kiosks are coming to the data lake directly using, um, in, in, in Parquet format. And, and this dashboard actually shows you how you can combine the data by getting you know, the total sales and the total quantity sold, those are the union of the data coming from other S3 data lake and, uh, and from Amazon Redshift. And on the bottom, you see these two different scatter plot. Those are actually coming from the two different sources. So one going directly to S3, other one going directly to Amazon Redshift. All right, so next is when you build you know, your uh, scalable platform, you want elasticity. So last year again, um, um, we announced in, in uh, Amazon Redshift, but uh, it was GA'd uh, sometime, the Q1. So we support now elastic resize. So elastic resize is nothing but adding nodes into the same cluster. So we do not copy this to another cluster like uh, the classic resize. And it, it, the data gets available within few minutes, <coughs> not hours. And many customers that we talk to, it's a very, very popular feature. Many customers use elastic resize to, to like, for example, on the daytime. Many customers, they have, when they have large number of users coming from Monday to Thursday, they, they at 9 a.m., they increase the number of cluster number of nodes in their cluster to four, uh, or let's say for example, and during evening time they take it down to two. So they scale up and scale down based on their need. Many customers 
they, they do, uh, they, at the month end processing, they want more processing power for their data load or, or report generation, so they add uh, some um, more nodes by using elastic resize. So the main interesting thing that what we have done is that many customers actually use this it as manually. So, uh, so what we have done is that a week back, we actually now provide ability to schedule it yourself. You do not have to depend on a third party tool or manually resize in the morning and uh, the evening. So now you can schedule up and down events, any kind of resize operations, either in a day on a one time or in a recurring manner, either using the AWS CLI or API or using the console. So let me just quickly show you, I'm not going to run, uh, uh, but what I'm going to show you that how easy it is uh, to do that. Okay, so this is, the console that I have, let me go to, so I have to go to a cluster. So let me go to my Redshift cluster three that I created at the time. And I want to, ex, want to resize it. So you can just do click and resize. And then I select elastic resize. My uh, number of nodes during the resize will be four because I had two. Uh, and what I can do is that, sorry, I had four, so I can do it to eight, or I can do it to two, uh, or I can do at a later time, or recurring events. So what I can do is that I can scale up and scale down. So I just specify number of nodes to eight, that is scale up, and, and I can do, again, a scale down at a given point of time. So I can, I can do this kind of operations based on uh, my requirements, and it, it can do in a daily, monthly, whatever. You also provide con, cron-style syntax if you prefer that. If you are a developer or builder by heart and you want to use the cron-style syntax, you can do that. So this kind of gives you ability to schedule your resize operation by, um, by using other API or, or the console. Uh, so the many customers, they do not have predictable number of users. They see occasional burst, like, okay, on Monday morning sometime I have like a lot of users come and at 9.30 number of my number of queries uh, coming to uh, Amazon Redshift goes up. It doesn't happen every Monday, but some Mondays happen. And someday, sometime it happens on Friday or some other day. So they do not want to uh, increase the number of cluster to satisfy those kind of burst requirement. So what we have ability something called concurrency scaling. So uh, what concurrency scaling is, if you enable concurrency scaling, it will automate and, and based on your, uh, your configuration, and like for example, what is the query depth size you want to see, uh, and based on that, it will automatically add new cluster and serve the queries so that the, the, you'll, the, your users will not see any kind of performance degradation. So it can uh, serve a lot more number of users, even if you have. And by the time your, you know, the, uh, the number of concurrent queries has gone down, 
the, the clusters will go away. And we just count by second. And it is free for every customer, 60 minutes for in every 24 hours. And you can accumulate that up to a 30 hours in a month. So what you have seen that many or most of the customers who have enabled concurrency scaling, they use it for free. 97% of the customer do not pay a penny for using concurrency scaling. So if you, are, you see that kind of bursty uh, uh, load, workload in your environment, we recommend you to use concurrency scaling. And what we have seen is that this kind of gives you a linear uh, concurrency um, or linear scalability to uh, customers. Okay, uh, then many customers, I think this is again one of the ease of use capability that we have added, is that many customers, they have to, earlier, they had to manage, you know, the queues and how much memory you want to allocate to the queue. So uh, we actually uh, added capability called auto WLM. So auto WLM will automatically look at your load and and um, manage your workload. You do not have to do anything of your own. And many customers wanted intervention what, the way auto WLM work. So they wanted, oh, for example, I do not want my BI users to be affected at all. I want to give them the highest priority. I want to throttle my uh, ETL a little bit if something is happening at the same time you are using. I do not want to give highest priority to uh, my uh, data science user because they always take a lot of, unload a lot of data from uh, Amazon Redshift. So we added something called query priority that become generally available about uh, two, three weeks back. So that kind of help you, you know, use auto WLM in conjunction uh, to control who, who you want to give higher priority and a kind of this gives control. And in that way, you do not have to manage uh, your queue yourself, but at the same time, you, if you have different uh, user segment and different user persona and give them one user priority over the other, then you can create a queue and give them higher priority. All right, the, we have done a lot of changes in Amazon Redshift. So now, if you take a workload that was running if you have not made any configuration changes, and if you had done a POC or run something six months back, and you now start a POC uh, with Amazon Redshift, the out of the performance, out of the box performance is two times what we had six months back. And how did you achieve it? So there was, there was a, I think there is a blog that is gonna be out tomorrow that kind of tells you what are the different kind of performance improvement we did it ourselves in uh, in the uh, in Amazon Redshift that ha help us make this. First thing was this AZ64 encoding that we added. So it is not yet default, but we're going to make that uh, the default encoding that I'm going to discuss a little bit more on uh, AZ64 um, encoding. Then we have actually a improve their bloom filters for the co-located um, uh, queries. So what we do is that whenever we use two 
large tables to join those things. Now the performance is much better because of the improvement that we had. Similarly, we enhance the query planner to take benefit of the new CPU on, and networking that we, we have now. And, and then we are also leveraging some of the hyperlog statistics that we generate. Uh, and, then, and then let's look at some of these capability that we have. AG64 is a new compression encoding that we added recently. And it is a very high compression ratio uh, encoding that this is like a TPC-DS like benchmark we did with the 30 uh, terabyte data that shows that AZ64 saves 60 to 70% storage on um, then raw and about 35% storage then LZO. But if you look at the performance, it actually improves the performance by, by 20 to 30% for raw, 40% uh, then LZO encoding and it is it is a comparable to GSTD, but actually the performance is 75% better than GSTD. So <coughs> we actually recommend you to use this new encoding, and, and this new encoding is primarily for the data types like either a numeric data type or timestamp. Uh, and you, when you are creating your table, uh, or, or you're uh, altering your table, you can just uh, specify the uh, encoding for your column. All right, so this, this second um, thing that we announced, um, you know, uh, last, uh, uh, last week is that uh, materialized views. So many of our customers, they have their dashboards they run in their existing data warehouse or what they do is they do only ETL once a day and the dashboard actually goes to that uh, last daily data or maybe last um, which was refreshed against last eight um, and like um, was refreshed eight hours back. And what when they you try to join multiple tables and try to build a dashboard, sometime it doesn't perform. So what customers have been asking is that ability to have materialized view. So we have now support, preview support for materialized view. It is available for everyone. So you can go to the maintenance track and select the public preview. And with this new release, we can create your materialized view and we provide ability to either full refresh or incrementally refresh. And, and what you've seen is that Many customers who tried this in their environment, they have seen significant performance benefit for using their dashboards. Okay. Then, any, how many of you guys use kind of uh, spatial data, like any kind of geometric data? Few? Okay, so you are using some kind of workaround now? All right, so, we actually, this feature is now generally available. You can, uh, the spatial processing was available last week, and it's a new type of data type that we added called geometry type. Uh, and, you know, 
we now support different shapes like multi-point, multi-line uh, string, multi-polygon, um, and now we support 40 plus, uh, 40 plus SQL functions to support this. And this will help you, you know, combine the data, uh, the business data with your spatial data, and you can bring in your all the spatial data together. So what I'm going to do is that actually I am I'm a brave person, I'm going to use a live demo instead of. So let's see whether my uh, performance uh, for this one is, is better. Okay, let's see. Let me run this. So, all right. So let me switch. So this is a dashboard that we have built. This kind of shows you, you know, the Airbnb data for, uh, for city of Berlin. So all these different accommodations that is available, not available, all these data are available, uh, is now, uh, is kind of, we are showing in this, in there. So what I'm going to show you is, this is a cool demo, but main interesting thing is that the SQL that you can run. So when I like any click on accommodations, do you see the SQL on the bottom? So actually that uses special processing. If you look at, the, use different types, different functions they're using. Similarly, let me just look at the heat map. So you see this kind of uh, how the heat maps, where the actual uh, hotspot for Airbnb locations are. I can, I can drill down there further, and when I drill down, you'll see the different SQL changing. And similarly, I can look at my different zip codes uh, where these uh, are there. And all this is now available uh, to you guys. So you can use it now. This is not uh, a preview feature. This, is, um, this, was, this became generally available last uh, week. With that, so I'm going to switch back again. Okay, so let's summarize. So first, we have added 200 plus innovative features in the last 18 months. Amazon Redshift is the most popular data warehouse that is used by tens of thousands of customers. We have simplified several admin operations for admin uh, administrator like you. Then you can scale your load uh, by using other concurrency scaling or using elastic resize. And the out-of-box performance for Amazon Redshift is now 2x faster than what we had last six months. With that, there are some related sessions that we have that I recommend you to attend, like Andy Jassy says, um, uh, re, um, the keynote, uh, tomorrow that you'll hear more about different than uh, announcement or the new features that we are adding. Then there are a couple of what's new session that goes more details into all the new features that we are announcing uh, this week. All right, so there, there is, you can learn with AWS training and, and certification that is available here. And thank you very much for joining this session.